This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We have results coming in from around the mutu. I played in two tournaments on the weekend, Barry. I was up in Franklin on Saturday and Morrinsville on Monday. Did a few Ks in the old Blue Falcon? Yeah. No A's to Ks because they were both B points. (laughs) And guess what? I only got C points. Oh, well. If you get enough C's, they turn into a B. That's right. So I went to Franklin Restricted Pairs, and that was taken out by Val Tetley and John Tetley. And where did you finish up? Uh, we came 12th, and our car mates came 4th. And guess what? We all went home with a bottle of wine. I had four what? bottles of plonk. Just one bottle. Oh, there were four bottles. Four bottles, yep. So um, Barb and Graham got a bottle of wine each, and Roger and I got a bottle of wine each as well for winning the afternoon session. How many of them made it down the motorway, or did you? you didn't? All of them. Oh, that's good. And I haven't even uncapped mine. How nice! See that little halo over my head. Yep. Okay, but so that was you. on Saturday. Saturday. So the main event for the weekend was the Wellington Regional Congress. Right. Lots going on down there. So the pairs was taken out by Gayo Tislevol and Nick Jacob, who just got up to beat Michael Weirer and Malcolm Mayer, who had a really? 8% lead going into the last round. So wow. The teams was won by the Weir team. Note the spelling, Mariana, what? the Weir team. So that was Michael Weir and Malcolm awesome. Mayer. They were playing with Newland Reed. Second was the Barrington team, Ian Barrington and Fuchsia Wynn, and Sam and Joe Simpson. Nice. The Barrington team did beat the Weir team in the last round, but they were far enough ahead to, to hang on oh, reasonably comfortably. So then they went on to the Swiss pairs, and you might recognise these names, Michael Weir and Malcolm Mayer. They've had a <laughs> they good won, weekend, Swiss, haven't they? They won the Swiss pairs as well, beating Johnny Davidson and Jack James. Now, my spies How tell me that? that Michael Weir has been accumulating A points at a great rate. So here we yep. are. We're not even at the end of April. He's got a, a, close to 180 A points already. Wow. I've taken a little bet with somebody as to whether he can get to 500 A's by the end of the year or not. I mean, that's a grandmaster in a year. You can be a grandmaster in a year's bridge. He's certainly on target to get to 500 A's for the year. You should give the man a ring. We should bring him on the bridge zone and say, hey, we want to talk about a challenge. My challenge is just to get Blimmin 23, and he's got to get another 320 odd. He's got to get 320 to get him to the end of the. Get him to the 500 that might for be the worth year. a bottle of plonk. That would be remarkable if he could do that. Um, so there was another tournament on as well, the Auckland 8B, and that was taken out by John Buckleton and Douglas Russell. That was on Sunday. Probably one or two we've missed there, but those were some results from around the round the traps. Waikato Aero Pears on Monday, Morrinsville. What happened there? Got a couple of C points. We ended up fourth. <laughs> oh, well, you're improving. We are, and it was won by Jenna Robinson and Alex Bashai. Ah, from Thames. Thames. Well, go Thames. And Jenna's over playing today at the Hamilton Ladies event with your wife, Jenny. Bit of a disappointing numbers in the ladies' 
open teams. Did you right. see them? Five tables. Yeah, so maybe it's something that we have to consider at Hamilton about holding a a weekday tournament, Barry. Yeah, it might, might be a combination of things and that it was straight after a long weekend and there was another event on the day before. Gee, five tables, gosh, it's just hardly enough to run it at all. But not too bad for the intermediates. And do you have some results for us? I do. The intermediates was won by... Liz Clayton and Jenny Oxley from Cambridge, who had 64.3 in the morning, followed it up with a 50 in the afternoon, which probably didn't feel so good after 64. Second were Trini Lynn and Angela Lavelle from Hamilton, who got a 48 in the morning and finished up with a 64 in the afternoon. So Holy. good steady bridge it wasn't, Mariana. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh well, keeps that average up though. That's good. And what about the Open? The Open was taken out by the Aucklanders. Jan Cormack and Faith Tisdall. Right. And I think they're actually playing in the Auckland Interprovincial Trials coming up soon. I happen to see their entry in there, so they'll probably awesome. get a bit of practice in. A little bit of practice. Mm. Second were Christine and Jenna Gibbons, who are trialling for the women's teams at the Interprovincials, but they've been playing together for an awfully long time, Mariana. They yep. probably weren't looking for a practice. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, IPs are coming up. Are you all yep. ready for yours? I am. I was wanting to talk to you about the interprovincials, talking about lack of entries. I haven't looked all around the country, but entries are looking pretty light in the Waikato, I can tell you that. So in the open, there are just three teams with their names down. Really? You think that's bad? Take a look at the woman. They've only got one team. Well, actually, about that, Barry, I did think about trying to put in a woman's team. Had some sort of feedback it's like oh do you really want to put in a shitty team that's the feedback that i got and it's like well how do you stop people just walking in they got no competition they're going to win what do they do do they put them all together if the entries are that light well if there's only one team they won't have much option but to pick them will they? <laughs> I know. Yeah, so. um, the seniors one team oh the intermediates have got six pairs obviously they only need two so, big entries in the intermediate. So, I don't know how they're going to go about running a trial. Down in Palmy, when I was down there, the intermediates were the ones that had the low numbers. Everybody else just entered in. The seniors, the women's, and the open, they all jumped in. But the intermediates had the low numbers. I don't know. What's up with that? Do you think well, people are just giving up? No, I should have a look at some of the other entries too, but I, I do know that down in the CD, haven't they been picking them by selection for some years now? They seem to be getting quite good teams that way. I'm um, going to have to ask Mr Secretary about that. Maybe we should get him on next week and say, hey, Mr Secretary, what do you think's going on? I don't know whether he'd be the right person to talk to. He, well, he just from a personal I mean, the regions all get to decide their own format as to how they select or whether they have trials mm. or, or what they do. Who's involved in CD down there? Mr Carrier? I don't know who's on the committee down there. The committee would make the decision. <sighs> I mean, they seem to have sort of settled on that format as being quite successful for them. They did have trials for many years, and that wasn't very successful. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so CD have certainly been doing better since they selected. Hey, Barry, um, if, with the numbers so low, does it have to be run over two days? That's the other argument. I mean, part of the problem about having trials over just one day is that it's not really ideal, but when there's only two teams playing, 
one day probably is long enough, I would have thought, but I'm not on the committee. Yeah. And, um, so it, it is up to them. But, gosh, those numbers looking pretty light. Let's have a look at Top of the South. It must be a pairs trial they're running there. They've got six pairs entered, including your friend Wayne Smith, for the Open. So the seniors, they've got five and a half tables entered. I mean, they're not great numbers, these, are they? But they're More than what we've got. Women, they've got four tables. Oh, they've got enough. Hmm. A few numbers there. Let's have a look at Otago. And the women's one team. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Otago have got three teams entered. Our friend Brad, he's got a team in yep. there, but there's another pretty hot team in there, Jeff Milligram, Stout, Sam, Sam and Glenn Coots. Only three teams entered there, so not much, too much different to our, our open division, if you like. And in their seniors have one team entered. We're just going to take a wee break from the IP goss. Get your gumboots on. We're going down to the pond. Phenomena. What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Good morning, Kermit. Good day. Great weather for frogs at the moment, I guess, with all this rain. It is. (laughs) In addition to that, have you got a tip? I have got a tip, and my tip today is stay mentally present for the last board. Whether it's the last board of your club session or the last board of a match or the last board before lunch, it's very easy to start drifting off and not staying present for that last board. If it's the last one before lunch, you might be like me and thinking, I wonder what's for lunch and where am I going to get a good coffee? (laughs) Or you might have had a really bad match and you feel like you want to get out of there. Just remember you don't know what's happened at the other table. Or you might have had a really good match and you're thinking, we've got this nailed and not quite being present for the last board. But a lot of imps and match points are traded on that last board. And it can make the difference between a win and a loss. And as we know, you know, in match points, a tournament can often be won by half a percent. So... Another aspect to that is being present for the first board because it's quite hard when you sit down at the first board to get mentally in the game. So being conscious that you're in that position, first or last board, and making yourself take stock and stay mentally present is an important skill to have. Yeah, we interviewed Kim Fraser on here a while ago and she has the book Gaining the Mental Edge of Bridge and she was mentioning that first board thing, you know, how people yep. in other sports prepare and do all sorts of stuff and warm-up exercises or whatever they do, but at yep. Bridge, that first board, people don't. And it will vary for different people about how they do that. I can't give you the answer. I have a strategy myself that works for me and we're all different. So you need to think of it of a strategy, how to stay in the game. Good example for us, Pam, on... Oh, <laughs> a story. A story, that's what we'd like, a story. <laughs> okay, is this a last right. board story? <laughs> well, it kind of is. I've been playing bridge for years now. But there'd be one or two hands both of you would have in your a long bridge careers that you can remember and that they stand out. And one of these boards was in Indonesia. And it was a 16-board match. And it was on view graph just to add pressure. The second to last board, 
the opponents were in seven no trumps redoubled. So <laughs> it was a bit to play for. This hand got written up in the London Daily Telegraph. <laughs> okay, it's getting better. There was, there was a lot to play for. We were defending, and my right-hand opponent, who was dummy, had bid hearts and spades. I was holding the king jack of spades and the ace of hearts. Wow. So when my, my left-hand opponent, who had shown log diamonds, came out with seven no trumps, I thought it was probably worth me doubling. If only I can get my partner to lead a major, that was good. Yep. And even if not, likely to take it down <laughs> so I was playing with Wayne Burroughs and he duly you uh, forgot to mention how you felt when the redouble appeared <laughs> <laughs> the seven no trump bidder was my screen mate he looked at me and went redouble I said oh jeez <laughs> <laughs> so you know no pressure here so Wayne led a spade which is the suit I had King Jack in but I, I was sitting over dummy and then there were some spectacular looking clubs and he started reeling off his eight diamonds. Oh. <laughs> and I was feeling sicker and sicker. I thought, how do I go back to the score up? <laughs> oh my goody aunt. He plays off the 12 trucks. In dummy, there was ace, queen, jack, nine of clubs and declarer held the fifth king, which he had to overtake with the ace. And Wayne had four to the ten, right? <laughs> Wayne took the setting trick, <laughs> trick 13 with the ten of clubs. Threw away your ace of spades on there, Threw did you? Away, yeah. <laughs> Threw those away. The king of hearts had gone earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, let's just say that it was high stakes. And my screenmate... We all laughed. The screen mate turned to me and said, you double seven no trumps and your partner takes the setting trick. <laughs> so we still had a board to play. And I'm fairly reticent about result on bridge hands. I don't get too emotional about it because it's costly. But I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. I was <laughs> churned up on that hand, right? <laughs> Who wouldn't be? Nobody would blame but I you. We had uh, another board to play, and we had quite a lot of time. So I said, excuse me, I just need to take a comfort stop. After the laughing had subsided, and I went away to the bathroom, you know, put a bit of water on my face, I composed myself, and went back to the table to play the last board. And I can't remember what happened on the last board. Nothing terrible. But it was an important time to take stock and realise the sort of state I was in and to calm down. I think that sort of illustrates, yeah, it does, illustrates it does. the it's point. A, it's a wonderful story. And I'm, I'm sure you'll remember that forever. Yeah. <laughs> well, that... Oh, okay, thank you for that. That's a great story. That is a good and story. And illustrates your tip about the, the last board. Yeah, yep. well, I could have just blown... If it had been a tricky hand and I'd done the board in that emotional state, well, that could have been very costly. Mm. Mm. I have to confess, I think playing a team's match, sometimes getting the last board, I, I, I do get a bit like, oh, God, I just want to go and score up, which is really bad. Wasn't it interesting in the South Island teams playing 16 board matches, which is unusual. It is. The psychology really kicks in on those 16 board matches, I feel. I had one strong pair against us. They gave up halfway through the match because we got a couple of good boards. 
And at 16 boards, there's plenty of time. Eight boards to go. A lot can happen. Somebody could play seven no trumps redoubled. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Or they could go for 3,400. They could. People do go for 3,400, Pam. That's true. (laughs) Never give up. When you were talking about hands that you'll never forget, that's one. Yeah, you want to forget. But I won't. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. Such a great story from Kermit, our Pam Livingston, who's kind enough to submit the actual article about that particular hand. And we're going to ask Mr. Secretary and the gatekeeper, that's Alistair Stuck and Richard Solomon, if they could post the article that was written of the seven no trumps doubled down one on the New Zealand Bridge website so everyone can have a little look. And now let's head back to a little bit more IP Goss. Numbers not looking too far. I mean, I guess it's a little way away, but not really too far. We're only talking 8 to May, so not this weekend, but the following one. Auckland. Now surely they'll have big numbers. In the open, they do run a pairs trial up there, five and a half tables. Wow. It's not a huge amount when you think of the size of Auckland, is it? Yeah, I'm surprised at that. seniors, five tables. In their women, which is quite often pretty well fought out, four tables. Uh, Auckland Uh, Intermediates, Barry, got 11 pairs. Canterbury Interprovincials, open women senior. Oh, okay. Pairs by the looks. 19 pairs. So these IPs, each district is running what they feel is best for them. That's right, and they all make different decisions. New Zealand Bridge doesn't wave a big stick and tell them they must do this or they must do that. Each province gets to decide how they're going to select the best teams sent to Auckland this year. Interestingly, I think I had somebody email me and say, I should mention that the intermediate players should realise that the intermediates carry the same weight as the open teams, the seniors teams and the women's team. It's really important to have a good intermediate team. Down, Rosa! (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, she's at the back door barking at something. So you're saying about the intermediates have the same weight? If your intermediate team doesn't do well, then you're going to struggle to be competitive in the Dougal McLean Trophy. (laughs) Are you going to feed that dog or what, Mr Jones? (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'll tell you what, that what I'm saying is is so true that even the dogs are backing it. <laughs> for sure. Well, I see my friend Mike Newton from Tauranga has put his name down for intermediate. That is good. I do seriously wonder if people don't enter, what sort of a trial they're going to be running, if any. Yep. Hmm. They certainly won't be in the women's and the seniors if there's only one team in each. True. And who's your teammates this year? Richard Solomon and Anna Kalma. Ah, all the best to everybody that's playing in the IPs. I hope the numbers do get up. You've only got a couple of days to do so, so hurry up and lift those numbers. Like Jonesy said, I don't really know if it's about the numbers. It's all about making sure that you've got the best team to compete for your district. So have a think. Get your names in. Coming up next, we're heading off to the courthouse. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Okay, Judge Julie, here's the thing. You've got a director. You've got a whole lot of players, you've got a suggested movement, and you've got a scoring program. Sometimes these things don't all fit together very well. What should a director be doing about it? It's an interesting question. For a start, I'm not sure whether it's the director that should do anything about it or not. It depends on who is deciding what is going to happen in the club with the event. 
I know clubs have got set movements. I know that some scorers have things that they can do and things that they can't do. I know some directors have ideas about what they want to do and what they don't want to do. And, of course, every player I know also has an opinion about what works better or worse. So at the end of the day, we have a lot of people who have lots of conflicting opinions and abilities. And when we're running a tournament or an event, we want people to be able to do everything that we want. We want to be able to run the event the way that is fair and reasonable and runs to time and allows people to meet as many people as they can, given whatever the restrictions on the event are. That falls apart at various points. The main thing is to just think about what you're going to do, is to make sure that it can be done. I've worked in Marlborough. They use Bridge Scorer, the New Zealand Bridge Program, and I haven't used that for years. So the last couple of times I've been down there, they have had someone doing the scoring, which is fantastic because... For me to use it once a year or twice a year and remember what to do without things going wrong is just fraught. There's always something that can go wrong and if you're not sure about what you're doing, it becomes a lot easier. The other thing is that tournaments often have problems where the movement falls apart because something has gone wrong with it. We had one in Hamilton years ago where the feed-ins went in the wrong place. Now, very often the easy thing to do is to stop or not start, if that's an option, and take five to ten minutes and tell the players to please just relax, we've just got a bit of a problem. Give yourself time to think through carefully what is happening and what the fix is. Don't try and race. If you finish five to ten minutes late, that is not a big problem compared to everything falling apart on you at various points. And I know, because it has happened to me, and I have panicked and things have gone wrong, and it is really hard not to do that. So before you start, make sure that everyone who's involved knows how to do what it is that you are proposing to do. That the program does the movement, that it scores across the field, whatever it is that you're doing, that the scorer is comfortable with what they're doing and that you are comfortable if you're the director about what you're doing or if you're the match committee that everybody involved is comfortable with what is going on. Even things like food about when it's arranged can actually throw things out tremendously and create pressures. So it can be really hard once things start going and everybody wants something at a certain time for you to take a step back so you actually fix it properly. Yep. Sounds like a plan. And you haven't even once mentioned... <laughs> so don't panic! <laughs> you're, you're more diplomatic than I thought, Julie. You haven't once mentioned the fact that we have a lot of grumpy players out there <laughs> that you have to contend with when something goes wrong. Oh, actually, in all fairness to everybody, if you stand up and say, look, sorry, things are going wrong, I just need a couple of minutes, people are in general prepared to give you the time to actually redo something to get it going properly. And if you stand up and say, I'm sorry, I mucked this up, generally just say, I'm sorry, look, things are going wrong, people are pretty forgiving. They are. Thank you for that. See ya. Okay, have a good day. Thanks, Bye. Julie.
This is Larry Cohen, and I really want to thank the Bridge Zone and recommend them for all they've been doing for the game. We had another set of lessons tonight, and oh, I that guy. very good. We actually just played Barry, so I grabbed a few boards from the last lessons mixed it up and just let them play and we were trying to to run a sort of mini competition well that didn't work out too well but guess what we got some leftovers from the ladies day a couple of my people that attended the lessons had pavlova it's good i can tell you about that pavlova oh what was up with that well our friend nigella yeah lived up to his name he made the pavs apparently (gasps) shut the front door <laughs> well, that's what he told me, and it. And what's more, Phil Thompson, not yep. to be outdone, he made the tiramisu. Oh, how lovely! Which, well done. Which Jenny told me was great. Apparently, I wouldn't have eaten that. Don't do the coffee thing. But anyway, yeah, that's awesome, Nigella. <laughs> showing your skills there. <laughs> hey, look, you know what it's like when you provide lunch or whatever. There's always somebody going to complain about it. But yeah, they did a pretty good job by all accounts. Very good. Very good. Okay, so we have a little plug. The Matamata Junior Novice Tournament is on this Saturday. $25 morning tea at 9.30 and play starts at 10. I did an announcement at the Tuesday night, which is the Hamilton Bridge Club's sort of novice junior night. Any takers? There are a couple there that are already entered, Barry, but the numbers there are really, really good. Really good. On a Tuesday night in Hamilton, you mean? Yep. How many did they have? Yeah, probably about 12 tables last night. Wow, that's very impressive. It is. Very good. Yeah, that's the future of the club, so it's it's good for that night to be strong. Okay, well, that's about it. You got tournament this weekend? Nothing for me this weekend. More open homes. Oh, my goodness. I'm saving up for the interprovincials, and hey, from all accounts, I might not be playing yet. (laughs) (laughs) True. Well... I am having a bridge weekend off as well. No. Say it isn't so. It isn't so. I'm going to try and start my T-shirt quilt this weekend. You could spend quality time with your husband at home. Could do. Date night. And just for those that think we may have forgotten, if you want to send us something, our email is bridgezoneshuffle at gmail.com. So catch you later. See you next week. Bye. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.